Hey guys, welcome back to the trough. Um, today I'm gonna be talking about something that I've had actually written out uh, probably since the end of March here. I think it's yeah March 31st. Um, I've been really doing you guys a disservice, doing myself a disservice, doing God a disservice by by you know going down rough roads, rough patches, uh, but in, in in my own spiritual life and. Um, it's brought me to a point, though, that I can better understand this. And I feel like I'm coming from a better place now than I was uh, two months ago when I first wrote this up. Uh, today, and you know, today's message is really, I feel, deep down inside of me. It's been put on my heart since probably a couple days now, actually, to, to be doing this, to talk about this, and to, to really hit it off with you guys and help you learn yourselves or, you know, help you in your own spiritual lives, help you help you with the with the purpose of today's message, submit, surrender uh, to the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, so I, I wanted to come out and uh, I was I wanted to bring up uh, something something interesting. I'm gonna go, gonna go way back. I mean some of us may still be watching it. Uh, it was mainly more of a childhood thing for me at least. I can't say that too much because then again, I did go see it live when I was 15. But everyone, for the most part, I believe would know what the WWE is. And we've all, I feel, grown up watching wrestling, fighting of some sort, sometime in our lives. So we've all seen different, like, the, the cool moves, the cool outfits, the cool names. We've all seen it. We've all enjoyed it. You know, we've all been like, yeah, throw the elbow. You know, we've all practiced it coming off the couches if we were allowed to at home, you know, coming off the turnbuckle, um, all that kind of stuff. So we understand wrestling, and that was actually a big part of our, our childhood for those of us that did get involved into WWE. Um, but that was something that really stuck with me tonight when I was sitting going over this and, you know, and, and, and praying beforehand and, really just bringing it up to, to God about it, about the whole thing here. And in, in wrestling and fighting, uh, you see a move and it's called a submission move. And a submission move is to like yield your opponent to you, like so that they have to tap out. They, and a good submission move is going to make them tap out and give in to you. And, you know, they'll lose that fight. And, to lose it, you know, you you first you have to resist it, and then finally, you know, you submit and you you give in to that that power, give in to that authority, and in our spiritual lives, we're called to do the same thing. Uh, to to further understand it, I want to get into going to dive into some definitions, going to dive into some scripture, going to dive into all kinds of different things in today's uh, message. I just pray that um, I do it right. And it can really be understood by you guys in a manner that can help you um, immensely in your relationships, friendships, family shifts, relationship with Jesus, um, at work scenarios, in your personal lives. You know, whatever you may be doing, wherever you may go, it'll help you to really fall into grace more often, to, to really soak up his grace, soak up his love. Um, like be the sponge to just bring it all in and then to be able to give it all out again. The first part is submitting. Um, and to understand it, we're going to go into some uh, into 
submission and submission is when you're, you're subject to the will of authority of another uh, you you present to you present a consideration of judgment of another person you know you a cinnamon a cinnamon nice a synonym um, is of submission would be to propose you, you know you give into authority power or the will of another one and you yourself are being subjected it's kind of like uh, in Ephesians 6 when when Paul talks in, in, in that letter talks about bond servants uh, he says in Ephesians 6 I'm just gonna sum it up real quick uh, he talks about not doing way of like being a people pleaser but being a bond servant of Christ and doing the will of God not just as like acting on it um, not just speaking on it acting on it because God doesn't want actors he wants true people he wants he wants your heart he wants it changed in his and to, to fit into him to be like his heart to be like David after God's own heart um, he doesn't want it to be like people pleasing and the way of eye service, uh, but instead he wants you to be a bond servant of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever God or whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, uh, whether he's a bond servant or free. So to be a bond servant, you know, you're to be you're on you're on bond. You're serving someone on bond. So you're serving someone for a price. And uh, we're serving we're, we serve Jesus by the place of his his blood so to be a, a bond servant of Christ is to do the will of God from the heart um, which brings me to a quote from Isaiah actually um, that I had I've been reading lately I've been diving deeper into Isaiah and this one stuck out really hard for me and it's it's actually interesting that it brought me back it's like a full circle it's bringing me back to it again and um, in Isaiah 29, 13, it says, And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Um, where in our lives are we far from God with our heart, but near with our mouth, near with our actions? So by submitting to him, we are submitting our hearts to him. We're submitting our minds to him and we're not doing it out of people pleasing and to put up an act to put on a show that yes I'm a Christian I believe Jesus but you know what I'm not letting him in all areas of my life yet you know I, I, I want to go to church I want to worship him I'm going to be there every church every Sunday I'm going to sing his songs in my cars in my car ride in my earbuds I'm going to blast that worship music that new Brandon Lake album help is really amazing I'm gonna put it to the top, you know. We're gonna we're gonna worship all day long, um, but at the end of the day, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and uh, over to my friends and we're gonna do shots all night. Um, but 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 he's a, he's a Christian too, you know. It's not it's okay, you know. We're, we're getting there, you know. We just we're not gonna we're not surrendering that part yet. We're not submitting that part of our lives yet, um, which actually brings on to the next next part, which would be surrender. And to surrender would be to relinquish possession or control of something to another voluntarily, um, to give up in favor of another, to, to give up or abandon uh, yourself. You're resigning yourself to something or to someone, to the power of another, um, which comes after resisting. So that's actually, it came to me today. I was over at my parents and uh, for for dinner, 
and while they were, you know, putting things together, I was being my lazy self. I was, I was kind of just, you know, relaxing, reclining on the couch. And first time I ever, you know, throw a TV on. Um, I'm not a big TV guy, but threw it on, and the internet wasn't working, so I couldn't watch Netflix, so whatever. So I was just sitting watching, I don't even know, History Channel maybe? And on it, it was about the Alamo, and we all, we all know, remember the Alamo. And what happened in the Alamo is they did not surrender. Though they were outnumbered 25 to 1, they did not surrender. They instead fought for 12 days until they were completely defeated and they had to be taken into captivity. They resisted for 12 days. And this is where it's going to bring us and wrap me into our uh, foundational text for, for today's, today's talk, for today's message about submitting and surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. We're going to go all the way back into Genesis. In Genesis 32 uh, verse 24. And this is talking about Jacob, who's the, uh, who is in this, he's going to be, it's titled Jacob Wrestles with God. Um, and it, it reads, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And that's actually it goes into verse 25. Um, but this is, and Jacob goes on to say, um, he, he's given, this is where he's given the name Israel instead of Jacob uh, because he's striven with God. So Israel actually, uh, all Israel means is to, like, it, it's to, to fight with God, to wrestle with God. It means you're wrestling with him. And in our personal lives, we're a lot like Israel was, you know. We all can sit here, we can read our Bibles, and we can be like, man, how did they, like, how did God lead them out of Egypt just for them to put up the golden calf and worship it? But in our own lives, how many times does God take us out of a situation to heal us from something just for us to go back to that same situation? Um, it, do, it doesn't even matter what it is. Like, I can tell you, I've seen it so many times in my own life and in other lives that we're, we, we were healed from something. But we found so much comfort in the pain and, and in the trauma because it was what we were used to. Um, we, Because we as humans, you know, we don't exactly understand grace to the extent that it's given to us by God, which is so overwhelming. Um, but we, we tend to just be like, we tend to, tend to look back at Egypt. God can deliver us through the Red Sea. He can make a way. He gets us. He delivers us to the promised land. And we look back at the sea and be like, you know what? Maybe the chains sound better. You know, it would have been easier that way. It was easier to just deal with the pain than it is to, to grow and to, and to mature in a way that, that is healed from it because now it's like we don't have that to hang on to anymore and we only have Jesus and it's easier to hang on to the things of the world because we don't have to put our faith in that. We just know it because we felt it. We've seen it. We understand it because it's what we've dealt with for so long. It's held control over us that the chains became comfortable. The chains became like our favorite blanket at the end of the night, but God's blanket is gonna be is gonna those. It's not even chains. God's God's ways are so much better. Isaiah fifty five. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher as the heavens are above the earth. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind when you're thinking about going back to Egypt. Um, 
But where my question um, of the day is going to be: Where are you wrestling with God? That you're finding it difficult to surrender your entire life to Him. And I just realized I was talking really fast, so I apologize. I got excited. Um, but where in our lives are we wrestling with God? That we're finding it difficult to surrender. It brings me to a point to talk about Jacob. And Jacob actually had been, you know, he was very self-sufficient. He was very arrogant. Uh, he he knew that he wanted he wanted what he wanted. He's like us, you know. We're all we're all the same, whether we realize it or not. You know, all all these Bible, you know, these these leaders of the faith, the heroes of the faith, were all just like us. They were not like any different. They went through the same things. They saw, I mean, obviously maybe not saw the same things, but under like the mind had the same problems as we do. Um, but Jacob was very self-sufficient. He was very arrogant. Uh, he didn't need anybody. He just needed his blessing. He wanted his blessing. You know, he tricked Esau into selling his birthright to him, um, which gave him favor. It tricked Isaac into blessing Jacob instead of Esau. It's a whole, like, he was very, he was manipulative. He was very sneaky. And he wrestled with God. And he wrestled to a point where then he he. he he ended up with an injury. His hip socket was put out of place. And it left him wondering, like, why? It left him showing that even though he resisted and even though it seemed like he had won, there was damage to him that he didn't understand how could happen. Because if he was so much more powerful in that moment, how did he still end up bruised? How did he still end up hurt? And in our lives, we injured. tend to do that quite often where... We think we're coming out on top. We think, you know, especially prior to Christ, um, a lot of us who had experienced that kind of lifestyle, we, we thought we were on top. We thought we were on top of the world. We didn't. We were we were so self-righteous that we didn't need God. We didn't need Jesus. And we were so self-sufficient. We were so independent because we had realized that the world turned, when the world turns its back on us, we only turn the back on the world. You know, it was eye for an eye. It was very just gross and disheartening and when, when Christ, you let Christ into your heart and reign on the throne of your heart, you're not going to have those anymore you're going to realize you have somebody there you're going to realize that he's not abandoning you, he's not walking away from you he chose you broken and he still chose you, you know, you were you're not the perfect vase, none of us are the perfect vase on the shelf that everybody wants we're never going to be. We're not. We're never. We're not meant to have it all together. Because if we did, we wouldn't need Jesus. And those of you who are listening who think they do have it all together without Jesus, you're wrong. Humble yourself. That's all I'm gonna say. Think back. Think at those in the in those nights to come and the nights past. All those nights where you sat there and you were sitting there crying, wondering why is it happening, and you felt you feel like there's no escape from that drug addiction. You feel like there's no escape from that porn addiction. You feel like there's no escape from whatever you're going through. There's an escape in Jesus, and He's willing to heal you. He's stretching His heart, hands out. His goodness is running after you, and this is your time. This is your moment. This is the exact message you need to hear. That. 
Jesus loves you. He wants you just the way you are. Just give yourself to him. And for those of us who already do believe and are wrestling with him in our belief, give it up. Give it up. Give up that anxiety. Give up that 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 sexual lust. Give up the gluttony, the pride, the vanity, whatever it is that is dragging you and that is grieving the spirit, give it up. Give it up. Surrender it. Surrender your life. We lift our we, we lay our lives down and lift his up. We all know that song. So do it. Don't just let it be words. Don't just let it be something you sing in church every Sunday. Don't be something you just sing while you're sitting in the shower. Words have meaning. Our, our, our words are life and death. We speak life and death from the tongue. So when you speak those words, they have meaning. Mean it when you sing it. Mean it when you say it. You always see it. If, if any of you have social media, you'll see the memes about like Refiner by Maverick City. About when it's like, I want to be tried by fire, purified. You know, people are always like, that's actually like crazy. Like, nah, I'm actually good on that. Do it. I'm telling you right now, just do it. It's not going to be fun. It is not going to be easy. But do it because it's going to produce something. When God puts you through the fire, he's going to be standing there right with you. All you got to do, just, just give it up. Just surrender it to him. And he will be faithful to you as he is even before you do so. I know, I'm making it sound like a lot more simple than it, uh, it actually is. Um, so I'm going to get back into scripture a little bit. And we're going we're gonna to get back on path from my rambling um, for through this whole thing. So to... I, I know personally I am always a big why guy like why this why did that why what is the reason behind this um, so I am very also big into understanding definitions um, and understanding definitions in Greek and Hebrew whatever they were written in I'm not giving any Greek or Hebrew today uh, but I am that kind of guy to, to really seek deep into it because I know what faith means but when you look at the definition it totally changes your changes how you do it it's just like grace I know what grace means to be graceful to to give grace but when you look at it and you use the definition instead of saying just like God's grace but you say the unmerited gift that God is giving you constantly when, when I when I do it I know it works for me when I look at it in the definition term instead of just the, the term of what it is um it helps me to better appreciate it, better to understand it, better to to have gratitude towards God. Um, but but when we when we surrender, we're relinquishing possession or control of something, um, which brings you know a, a, a quote that I had personally um, received in prayer one day from from the Lord, and this quote. Uh, it read, sometimes we don't want to trust the Lord because it means that we have to give up our power. Um, and when we give up our power, it will not let us receive what our flesh, what our earthly, um, what we are eagerly desire from our earthly self, our earthly life. Um, and we're supposed to put that off when we are, you know, we're being made new in Christ. Um, 
But with that being said, I want to just talk about surrendering to the Lord. And the Lord, the term Lord in itself is a man of high rank. It's a king, it's a prophet, um, owner of a manor, um, of a main house, of a state. And Jesus is all those things. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the king of kings. He's the high ranking official of heaven. Um, He's the owner of God's kingdom. He's the owner of heaven. He, He has domain over heaven and earth. Um, he is he's everything. He is your Lord to, that we are surrendering to. So we're leaking. Uh, we're we're getting rid of our control. We're surrendering our control. We're letting go of ourselves because we are made new in Christ. We are in Him, and He abides in us also. You know, we are hidden in God. We are hidden. Our lives are hidden in Him. Um, Paul Paul speaks about. So with that. When we surrender to him, we're just submitting to his authority. We're submitting, saying, yes, your ways are better. Yes, I trust you. Yes, I'm going to give up myself. My my, my old self is gone, um, and the new self is here. Paul writes in Colossians 3, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also appear with him in glory. So we are putting on our new self. When we accept Christ in, we accept we are made righteous by his name, by for his name's sake, because of what he did for us. We don't have any righteousness in the in our own works or anything like that. We are a new person, a new self in Jesus alone. So we're to put that on, and to put that on means we have to put to death something. So we put to death our old self, and our old self is our earthly self. And when we do that, we put to death things such as sexual immorality, which goes on in, in Colossians 3, 5 here. We put to death the sexual immor- immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And on the account of these things, the wrath of God comes. So if the wrath of God comes on things like that, and going on to even say anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, um, lying, it just goes on and on and on. Um, when we put, we put to death, the, death those things because God hates those things. God does not like those things. So and it's nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. Don't take it as I'm. I'm looking at you like guys. You got to stop doing it. I need to do stop doing it in my own life too. I have areas of my own life where I struggle with certain things. We all have it, but you know, in First Peter he tells us that we as a body of believers are all going through those same exact things. So take heart because you're not alone. You're not alone at all. Seek your Christian friends. Seek. The Christian authority, your elders, your pastors, your young adult leaders, everyone. Seek them for help and wisdom. It's not embarrassing because they have gone through it or they are still going through it. Or they can lead you to someone to help you who is going through it or who has overcame it through Christ. Don't give into it. Don't give into the lies that you need to do it, that you are not good enough, that you're not, you know, you're you're guilty of this, you're shame, you should be ashamed of this, that you should just do it, it's one time, who cares, you're going to be forgiven. Well, yes, Jesus is going to forgive you. Don't be like Esau and sell your birthright away for just something small. What, he's, what did he sell his birthright away? It was like a bowl of oatmeal. You, he put Quaker oats in the microwave and he said, here, 
here's this, Esau. Jacob did this. He said, here, Esau, now give me your birthright. And he's like, you know what? I'm so hungry here. I don't care. Have it. Don't do it. Don't do it for something small. I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation for lying one time. That's not how grace works. But don't sell yourself away. Don't sell yourself short. You're worth so much more. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell it for something so small. Don't do it. I promise you there's more fulfillment, more satisfaction, more sustaining things that comes from Christ. I don't care how much I used to love doing things. That old me is dead. It's gone. Stop looking at it. Stop going to the tomb. It, it's gone. It's empty. My old, my, my new self is resurrected. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. My old self is gone. We're rolling away stones in these next couple of messages that I'm going to be putting out from this one into the next one. And hold, I think this is, I'm looking at three parts to this whole thing. Um, we're rolling away stones. And that's actually like a name that God gave me the one day when I was talking to him in the shower, funny enough. I was sitting there, I'm like, you know, I got these ideas here. I've run them through you. You've put them on my heart. You've helped me understand them. In my own life, you're helping me write things to help other people understand it, to give me the wisdom and knowledge to help other people. What are we going to call this? And literally, like, Rolling Stones, boom, came to me. We're rolling stones away. We're waking up the sleepers in us. We're done wrestling with God. We're coming to repentance. We're surrendering to the Lord. We're getting rid of the pharaohs of our lives. We're going to be fully submitted to Christ, to walk blameless, to answer his call, to say, Here I am, Lord. As Isaiah did in Isaiah 6 when he said, Here I am when the Lord was looking for somebody, a prophet, for some, to, to speak to Israel, to speak to Jerusalem, to Judah. So, moving forward, there's a couple more terms I want to talk about and relate back to text um, to better understand submission and surrender. Uh, another term would be subjugate, which means to bring under control or to conquer, um, to sub subject to dominion of something else, which brings on subduing and bringing under the yoke and power or dominion, um, which compels us to submit to authority. So uh, when we're subdued, we're actually brought under physical control. We're, 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 there's nothing we, we have there's a force over more that is stronger than us that is more powerful than us that that subjugates us it subdues us and subjugates us um, to be to, to bring us into submission to an authority um, and we see that in Matthew oh I believe it's Matthew give me one second yes Matthew 11:30. Um, and in Matthew 11.30 Jesus tells us that my yoke is easy and my burden is light and just and that, that, that in itself is and that sits in my head constantly I was actually talking to him about it this morning on my way to church about how his yoke is just so much easier especially when you step out of the legalistic view of Christianity and you start walking in grace instead it is so 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 much better so much better um, I at first was driven into 
repentance and to um, looking to Jesus out of fear uh, of hell. I was so scared of hell. And it, it's brought me to a point where I got so legalistic with myself, I wasn't even living in the grace of God, that I had to reconstruct everything about me. I deconstructed it and had to rebuild up. And it, it's taught me so much in the process of it. I actually have a friend that sent me a, a video one time about uh, Paul Washer. I think that's his name. Hope so. Um, and he said in his, in his sermon that he got to a point where he was like, Lord, I'm too scared to go to hell. But I'm not good enough to go to heaven. Just put me somewhere in between. And it really just exemplifies, just it, it emphasizes even, I would say, um, just how good his, his God's and love while we are is for only deserving of hell, that he was willing to, to give up his own son, that Jesus was willing to lay down his life for a friend, for all of us, that he died thinking of all of us, that all those marks he received from the whipping and the beating that that his crown of thorns turned into a crown of gold all just for us to be reconciled with God to be reconciled to be able to live in the kingdom one day just by believing in him and that there's no greater love than than one that a friend lays down his life for another um, and that's something I encourage you guys so much to, to step into. Just take on the yoke of Jesus because it's easy. His burden is light. While it may seem like it's so heavy because we have all these rules to follow, it's so much more than rules to follow. I promise you. I promise you. Surrender it to Jesus. I'm telling you, I used to fight so, so hard. Especially coming out of my past about... I remember when I first, first like week, I can still, still it sits with me. First week, I was like, there is no way, you know, I believe your ways are better. You know, I believe in you and everything you say, but I am not going to be able to wait till marriage. There's no way. After coming out of my past life, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting here right now telling you that there is no way I'm going to give up my purity before marriage anymore. Because I've let the Lord into my heart so much that I can't physically, mentally get myself to a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Have I tested him? And have I broke that code in the past, in the beginnings? Yes. But after I stepped out of the legalistic manner, it was so much easier to take on the yoke, so much easier to take on that burden because I wasn't trying to do my best for him. My self who I am is good enough it was the best he needed everything else is extra this is all extra he loves you just for who you are just because you accepted him into your life he loves you that's it you know I heard it talked I heard it uh, I shouldn't say I heard it spoken about um, and it really has resonated with me and stuck with me and I wanted to stick with you guys that sin is was never the problem Sin was the effect. Sin is what is was was um, what what agitated him. The problem is is we're we're separated from God. We're separated from our, our Father. From we're separated from heaven. We're separated from Him. And what separates us is the sin. The problem is that, and the sin is the cause. That is why Jesus died for us. It was because our sin is what causes 
of the problem of separation from God. And that one day on that wedding day, on the day of the wedding feast, when Jesus returns in all of his glory, we're going to be back with him just the way it was supposed to be in the beginning. That's why it's so important to encourage the others to come to Christ because one, hell is scary. Nobody should ever want to go. It's never going to be a party. But two, God loves you. He loves you just for who you are. Even in your mistake, he loves you. Even though you haven't read in a week, he still loves you. Even though you've skipped prayer the past two nights, he still loves you. There's nothing you can do that is going to separate you from God's love. Take that with you and move with it. And help let it sit with you so that you can put Jesus on the throne of your heart and surrender your entire self to him. Do I still wrestle in areas of my life? Absolutely. There are certain parts where I am just like, God is speaking to me in this situation. I am sitting there like, no way am I saying that right now. There's no way I'm saying that. I'm going to just, no, I can't do that. No, I can't go up to that random person and talk to him. No way. It's like a social anxiety. It's a fear. We don't have a spirit of fear. As much as I talk about it, it's as much as I have to talk about it to myself even. Let it sit with you. You don't have the spirit of fear. And while you're going to give in to fear, because we all do it, the more and more and more you surrender and give up to Jesus, lay at his feet and say, you know what? Here, you have control of it. I trust you. It's going to be so much easier for you to step into those areas. It has become so much easier for me to step into those areas. Um, but to go back to my points here about subduing, you know, when I when at first the subdue came up, it, it sat with me and I was like, you know, uh, there's somewhere in the Bible that that's mentioned. Where is that word from? And it brought me back to Genesis 2.15 when Adam is instructed um, in Genesis one twenty eight, also where Genesis, uh, where Adam is instructed to subdue the land, um, and by subduing it, he cultivated, uh, and he was called to do it because he surrendered his life to God and God's will, God's dominion, God's authority. He surrendered, so he was able to subdue. When we are surrendered, then we are able to subdue. When we surrender and we are subdued and we're brought under control to the Lord, sometimes by physical, some of us need to wage war and it sucks. <laughs> I've gone through it. I hate it. I actually was just talking to Jesus the other night about it. Like, I hate waging war to prove a point to me. I'm so sick of the clear as day, don't do it. As much as it's nice because it's a clear answer you ain't got to worry about it being like a doubt a spirit of doubt that's not faith first off you're not trusting just a, a no that you know is a no you need to see it's a no you need the proof you gotta stop testing the Lord and just believing and walking in faith that, that goes for myself too um, but he has to wage war with some of us and subdue us by physical force, a physical control of some sort for us to understand, to realize that he is reaching out to us, that he is trying to touch us and talk to us, but we keep sending him to voicemail. Our prayers are only blue text, 
our, our call log is only missed calls and we need and our, and our voicemail box is full we need to start more great text more answered calls and less voicemails that is what we need to be changing in our lives as we start after hearing this walk in that grace walk in that faith but because Adam was you know he surrendered his life to God and his authority he was instructed to live out the will for his life which God gave him to cultivate and subdue the land and in doing so he did not just destroy the land he did not bring the land under physical force and just destroy it he cultivated it he planted he took care of it he gave it the nutrients it needed. You know, he put the soil down, the, the fertilizer down. He brought it the water when the rain wasn't there. He did what he had to do for it to sprout up and feed livestock and feed the family, feed his family. He cultivated it. Not only did he bring it under physical force, but he loved it. He treated it properly. Now, if we look forward to other areas in the Bible where we see subduing and surrendering and all that kind of thing, we look to Jesus in Micah 7.19. In Micah 7.19, it reads, um, He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So, what we take from 719 here is that Jesus subdues our sin. He brought, our, uh, he brought by physical force our sin under control. Um, he, he took our sins and he cast them into the depths of the sea. Why? Because he has power and dominion over death. He has the keys to hell. The devil don't even have the keys to his own home anymore. He is more powerful than death. And anyone who is in Christ... If you, if you accepted him into your life today, if you accept him into your life tomorrow, if you did yesterday or whenever it was, when you accept him into your life, eternity begins then. And if that can't be encouraging for you to stop living in fear, to help me stop living in fear also as I'm speaking this right now, um, I don't know what can because eternity just began. when you, when you Eternity began when you, you surrendered, to, when you accepted Jesus into your life, when you got saved when that salvation today is the day of salvation when that salvation hit you when you were born again you started eternity he took the sin though Jesus took our sin and cast it out he cast it into the depths of the sea because he's faithful because he has compassion and he wants to stop separating us from God um, you can see into Mark 5 4 an example of what it means to not be subdued um because in Mark 5, 4, it's the man with the legion of demons inside of him that they, that Jesus cast into the pigs. No chain could subdue him. It took Jesus to subdue those demons. It took Jesus to subdue him. Um, in the end, you know, it talks about in Psalm 69, 9, and it'll... Um, show again, it shows again in the Revelation... Uh, where you see every every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. That that is another example of submission, surrender, subduing. Um, there's no if it's every knee will bow. I'm I'm going to take the scripture for what it says. Every knee is going to bow. That's some physical force on us right there. That is some surrender, some submission that we are giving into the power, authority, the mighty power, the sovereign power. 
and if, if to, to of, of God in that moment. And when we subdue to Christ, we're also subduing to the will of the Father. And the will of the Father, the will of, of every Christian is exemplified, easily laid out for us in Romans 12, 9 through 21. I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of it. You know, it's about love being genuine. Um, you know, serving the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Um, show hospitality, uh, bless those who persecute us, bless and don't curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight, repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, um, live peaceably, never avenge ourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, um, uh, and, and the thing that a lot of people don't want to hear is even those that are our enemies, um, if they're hungry, feed them. Thirsty, give them something to drink. Uh, by doing so, it says you put a heap of burning coals on his head. You're going to have that fire on his head. He's not going to understand why. And uh, it's going to really affect them more than it's going to hurt you. And uh, the last line, which is the most important one in my opinion, is do not be overcome by evil. Do not let evil had dominion over you. You were fighting from victory, not for victory. We keep choosing war when all we have are little battles. We take little battles and turn them into all right, outright wars. And we don't need to do that. We come from victory. So all we got to do is trust in the Lord. He will fight our battles for us. And he will, we will come out victorious. But in 21 it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So when evil lurks and when evil attacks us, don't come back with anger and, and, and slander and, and force that is evil, but instead treat it, come back with good, come back come back with the, the fruits of the Spirit, the things that have been transformed in your heart by accepting Jesus into it. Uh, to, this is That's really about it. Um, I'm going to just talk for a minute when we surrender, you know, it's important. It's important that, that we surrender. Why did I actually fix that statement? Um, because, you know, and this is a thought to keep with you. It's easy to serve those who care for you. Nobody wants to serve a mean boss. Nobody wants to serve a mean king. Nobody wants to live in fear of the king like we have seen in uh, past in different nations um, throughout history the, their kings had been brutal with them forceful labor um, you see 99 verse the one a lot of the time and um, it's just there's a lot going on with kings throughout history but Jesus is the king of kings remember he is the greatest king with that being said, he's going to, to treat you with love and um, compassion. And uh, like I've said before, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Though it may seem like it's a big burden in the moment that you can't go to that party where all your friends are at, you're actually winning by not going to the party. You know, you're not losing out by not getting to sleep with that person. You're winning 
um, by staying pure. You're not losing the argument when you get when someone comes after you and tells you you're you're not good enough. You're not, you know, you're still, even though you're a Christian, you know, you're you're still, you know, you're past. You're a whore. You're an alcoholic. You're a drug abuser. But two Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Um, keep those written on your heart. Keep stuff like that written on your heart uh, to help you fight those those evil words that are not coming from anybody but the enemy. Um, I, this is I'm going to talk and say that we, if you're praying and you're unsure of what's going on, you can't hear the Lord, or or you're new to it and you can't, you know, you're you're kind of questioning it. Um, and for all of us that do believe and um, need help encouraging others, let this be something to help them. That if they're praying, if you're praying, don't stop. But no matter what you do, do not stop. Even if it seems like you're not being answered and there's nobody on the other line that you got a dial tone, I promise you that dial tone is not there. It's only the enemy lying to you in that moment. I'm telling you. His faithfulness does not run out. He does not abandon you. He does not take bathroom breaks. He does not take anything like that. He is not just on vacation. He is active in our lives 24-7, every minute of the day, every second of the day. Don't stop praying. Believer or not, believer yet, don't stop. A miracle is going to happen. Just trust in the Lord. Trust Him. And if you're having problems trusting Him, ask Him to help you trust Him. If you're having problems believing Him, ask Him to help you believe Him. He knows what's on your heart, but that doesn't mean to say, like, oh, you know what my heart wants. Amen. Like, don't pray that prayer. He knows what's on your heart, but He wants to see that you desire it. Our God is sovereign over all. He is Lord over all. He is the God of the mountains. He is the God of the valleys and the ups and the downs. In Micah 1, 4, it reads, that, And the mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split open, like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. Mountains will melt under our God, and valleys split open. It's a huge, huge, huge. It's so important to understand that, that. Well, a mountain may seem big. And, you know, I think about it, too, sometimes when I'm, like, going on my hikes. Or I'm just even today, like, I was sitting looking at trees. And then I was looking up to the sky and seeing how small a tree is compared to all the heavens above. And the hills and the distance all compared to the heavens above. Though they may seem big. Though it seems like it's so treacherous. I don't know if any of you hiked. But if those of you have hiked on steep inclines, you understand how tiring and exhausting it can get. And it is awful. You know, by the top, you're like ready for a ventilator and a nice water with a pillow and a blanket to take a nap real fast before you keep trekking on when you go up those steep parts. And though that may be what it feels like, it is so much worth it. So much more worth it to understand when you come from a place of understanding where God can move that mountain and he can help you climb that mountain. Not only do you need faith of a mustard seed to move it, but you need a faith of a mustard seed to climb it with the Lord. Sometimes, instead of moving the mountain, 
in my in your life which I have learned through him he's going to say no we're not going to move it we're going to just climb it we're going to go through it we're going to take those tribulations we're going to take that and this you're going to trust me you're going to trust me to not let you fall you're going to trust me to push you to give you the energy to give you the strength for those who wait on the strength of the Lord you know they or the who wait on the Lord they will he will renew your strength you know you you won't run and grow faint or weary you will walk and not faint um that's it's important to keep that on the on the mind and we're fighting every day and like I said fighting to understand that go back to the last episode where I talked about the armor of God which we're gonna use in I want to say probably two two recordings I'm not gonna say weeks because I don't know when I'm gonna produce them all I don't really have a schedule for it yet um, but within the next two we're gonna talk about the sword of the spirit um, and we're going to talk about another thing. Another topic is we're going to talk about um, repentance and um, pharaohs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but don't, back to the focal point, I get rambling so much. Don't stop praying no matter what you do because there's power in prayer. I see it in my daily life. I know plenty of people who see it happen instantaneously. I've seen it, miracles happen in my life I've seen my hands stretched out and people be healed before I've seen it I've seen so many things and there's so much more that I have I'm yet to see and I trust the Lord that I'm going to see I trust the Lord that I'm uh, that he's going to provide those means those ways it's just a step of faith it's a step of surrender saying you know what your will is better than mine I keep getting hurt by mine I'm sick of listening to mine I'm going to trust yours. And that's not to say that you won't feel moments of doubt and sorrow and depression and anxiety and all that when you're with the Lord. Because we all do. We all do. None of us are perfect. If we had it, if we were perfect and had it all together, we would be seated at the right hand of God. But we're not because we're not. We're nothing like that. We want to be like that. And that's what drags a lot of us down. But don't even let that shame or guilt drag you down. There's no shame or guilt that is worth it, that is willing or worth taking the place of the love of God on your heart. Don't replace it with that. In those moments of shame or guilt, say, no, no, no. I may have messed up, but I know that nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. Nothing's going to take that place in my heart. Nothing. I'm not going to let them have that. I'm not going to let you have my mental space. Fight. Fight back. So that is really going to be all today. I definitely rambled a lot. Um, but I feel like it was all good stuff. I hope it was all good stuff. Um, I hope this can help someone. I hope this can change your heart, your mindset, whatever it may be in any of your personal lives anywhere, that it can help you walk into God's grace even more. That it can help you surrender more and more of your life to Him. There's days where I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I am surrendered to you, everything you have for me. And those days tend to be the best days of my life. I can be busy at work and... and so, Work can be kind of crappy sometimes um, with as busy as it gets. I can be surrendered. If I'm surrendered and I'm, I can be at work and it's super busy, I can definitely feel more of a peace in that moment knowing that he's with me, knowing that I'm surrendered. 
to him that knowing that though I'm busy and it's gonna make me a little bit anxious and a little mad and a little bit frustrated with different things I don't have to keep that that in that moment I'm surrendered I trust you to help me get through it that I can sit there and be like I've got so much to do today but you know what let me just focus on this moment of time let me focus on what I'm doing right now because if I don't focus on what I'm doing right now I'm only gonna hinder my performance and hinder the path to get to that time in the future surrender just surrender don't wrestle with God and I encourage you in your lives in your prayer lives to talk to God and ask him where am I wrestling with you Lord where in my life am I wrestling with you and going against you um, that I need discipline in that I need more self control in that I need to give to you to heal me from that I need to give to you to change me in. Because when we surrender, we're surrendering to the God of the world, God of the heavens and the earth, of everything. The one who made you, you're made in his image. Let him, you, you, were, you were made for him. Like a glove is made to fit on the hand when it's cold, you know, we are that glove made to fit on the hand of God we are we are like that surrender to him surrender to the Lord let him Lord over all of our lives all of your lives in every area of your life even the areas that are tough to give up just see it tell him look Lord I don't want to give this up but I trust you and even in my moment of doubt just show me it's worth it show me Lord he will show himself to you those who draw near will seek, will see him, will see his mercy, will see his grace, will see his love. Three, three takeaway things I could tell you. It's one, submit to the will of God, which I talked about about 10 minutes ago. Um, surrender to the Lord, which I've talked about this entire time. <laughs> and number three, truly make him Lord over your life. Truly let him be the king of kings that we all claim him to be, the Lord of lords we all uh, yell, yell so loudly and speak so proudly about that our God is so great but make him make him great make him great in your life don't let him be great in someone else's only don't look at someone else's promises you know his your mail is never delivered to somebody else he's the great physician let him heal you he lives and he wants to be in your life seek him let him in let him into your boat in the middle of that storm seek him and you will find God bless everybody <laughs>